Groundhog Day was a movie that came out in 1993. And in it, Bill Murray plays Phil Connors, a weatherman from Pittsburgh, who is sent to Punxsutawney to cover that evil groundhog who decided that this winter might never end. And I know, you don't have to tell me afterwards, I already know that it was not filmed in the real Punxsutawney and everybody's kind of ticked about that. But if you've ever seen the movie, you know something strange happens and every day, and the experts say it was every day for over eight years, Phil wakes up in Punxsutawney on Groundhog Day experiencing the exact same events every morning. Now, let's do a little trivia. I have some t-shirts here. Um, who can tell me what song the clock radio played to restart each Groundhog Day? Anybody? Yeah, but what was it? That's what it was. You got it. Okay. And um, who can tell me who Bill Murray drove off the cliff with? Yep. Who said it? Right there. Sorry. You can see, you can see why I was never a baseball player. Just had a few problems with baseball. I can't catch, can't throw, can't hit. You know, but other than that, I, I was great. Yeah, I'm not kidding either. Anyway, here's some trivia. Did you know, did you know that Bill Murray was bit twice by the groundhog during filming of the movie and that the bites were so severe that he had to have anti-rabies injections as a result? Wow. Now, that movie was a comedy, and it was a comedy that kind of morphed into a romantic chick flick by the end. And of course, no one really lives the same day of their life over and over and over again. But I've met people who think that their life is pretty similar. I have heard moms say, I should just record myself some morning because I have to say the same things to my kids over and over again. Wash your hands, stop touching each other, feed the dog. No, you can't do that. I talked to a husband several months ago who said, my wife and I have been having the same fight every week for about the last decade. And when I said, I know it seems like that sometimes, he said, no, I'm not exaggerating. We started arguing about this in 2007. And some people aren't repeating the same day or the same week over and over, but they are repeating the same things over and over. And, you know, it'll be less threatening for us if we apply this to other people rather than to ourselves. So let's do that. Does anyone else know someone who used to be in a relationship, a marriage or a dating relationship, and they were miserable? I mean, they were absolutely miserable, and they were unhappy, and they complained all the time, and you knew that they were right. I mean, you know that the person that they were with was a real jerk and they were hard to deal with and you understood their complaining and however it happened, the relationship came to an end and you were happy for your friend. You were glad that their misery could finally end and then they started seeing someone else and they were starry-eyed and happy and they were excited and when you met their new love, it didn't take you long to realize 
It's the same person. Oh, they changed their name. You know, they, they look different, but it's the same person. And they were just like the jerk that had made them miserable. Now, like I said, it's, it's easier for us to point to our friends and our family members who have gone through those things. But some might have to be honest enough to admit that's your story too. You seem to be a magnet for bad relationships. I mean, you seem to attract unhealthy people or ungrateful people or angry people. And if that's you... This message is for you. And maybe the cycle that keeps repeating is with your friendships. I have talked to people who are hurting because it just seems like they cannot keep a good friend in their life. It seems like they invest in a friendship and they get really close and then something happens and that friendship kind of fades or it ends and then the process seems to start all over again with someone else and they can point to several friendships that they have gained and lost in recent years. And if that's you, this message is for you. But it is also for you if you're stuck in the some sort of unhealthy loop with your spouse or you're stuck in some sort of unhealthy loop with your kids or you're stuck in an unhealthy loop with your best friends. We want to talk about pushing the relationship refresh button and breaking bad relationship patterns. And I guess the starting point for this message is for me to say again something that you've heard me say many times if you've been around here any length of time. And that's this. It's not in your notes, so you write it down if you want it. And that's this. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Many people don't seem to get that. They desperately want their life to be different but they aren't doing anything to create change and nothing changes if nothing changes. And no one seems to be sure who said it first. Some attribute it to Albert Einstein, others to a uh, narcotics anonymous brochure, but whoever said it said something that was wise and right. Here's what they said. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And if, if you are living in the same uncomfortable moment week after week or repeating the same painful situation in relationship after relationship, you are doing the same thing over and over and you're hoping that this time it will somehow be different and it won't because Nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Now, you might not know it, but the Bible basically says that this habit of repeating the same mistake over and over is a common thing. And it says it in such a, such a touching, wonderful verse. Let me read it to you from Proverbs 26. Like a dog that returns to its vomit, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. Isn't that a great verse? Isn't that a wonderful word picture right before you go and have lunch? I, I know. But the comparison helps you to see the problem, doesn't it? Sometimes we have gotten so enmeshed in 
our cycle of problems and our relationships that we don't even realize that we're making the choice to do the same foolish things again and again. So how do we break out of those foolish patterns? How can we break bad relationship patterns? Well, let's just be honest. There is no way in the world we are going to completely solve this in one 30 or 35-minute message. That's not going to happen. But in the time that we have, let me give you a few places where you can start. First, get past your delusions. Get past your delusions. I'm firmly convinced that many of our bad relationship patterns come because we have deluded ourselves into believing things that just aren't true. We're living in a fantasy world of what relationships should be or we aren't being honest about the problems that are in our relationships. And some of, you, some of the traps that we find ourselves in are because we're just not telling ourselves the truth. Look at Jesus' promise to people who believed in him while he was on earth. Look at from John chapter 8. Start with verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you continue to accept and obey my teaching, you are really my followers. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, don't miss what the first part of that says. It isn't our specific subject today, but it is a thread that runs throughout this series and really throughout everything that we say from this stage. Accepting and obeying Jesus' teaching is what will solve our problems. Accepting and obeying Jesus' teachings is what will help us in life. And doing life Jesus' way, instead of uh, trying to come up with our own solutions, will help our relationship with God. And doing it Jesus' way, instead of trying to come up with our own solution, will also help our relationships with each other become more healthy. But let's focus on what the last part of the passage says. When we know the truth... The truth will make us free. When we are trapped in a bad relationship or we're repeating the same bad relationship patterns, the passage would indicate it's because we're failing to tell ourselves the truth. We're failing to tell ourselves the truth. So let me give you a few areas that you can examine if you want to be sure that you're telling yourself the truth. And these aren't in your notes, so write them down if you want them. First, start by examining who you really are. Examine who you really are. Sometimes people haven't told themselves the truth about who they are. Let me give you just a couple of examples. You might be in a mess that you're in because you're a rescuer. You keep looking for people who will need you, people who will want you to rescue them. And you go in full force and you uh, rescue them and you're in a relationship with them. And then you get frustrated. You get frustrated that, you know, that person that you rescued is really needy. I mean, they always need to be rescued. And you get frustrated by that. and You get tired of having to do everything for them. Or you might be the person who likes being rescued. I mean, it feels good to have a, a strong person who can take care of you, who can give you good advice, who can help you. 
And then after you're in a relationship with them for a while, you get frustrated because they seem to always be looking down on you. They, they, I mean, they always think that you need to be rescued. They won't let you do anything for yourself and they're smothering you. Now, telling yourself the truth about who you are might help you to step out of some of those patterns and make smarter choices and, and avoid some of the bad relationship patterns that have caused you so much pain. Secondly, spend some time examining what you really expect. Examine what you really expect. And this is often a big one. People come into relationships with expectations. And it may be you expect the marriage to be great, just like your parents' great marriage. Or you are expecting the same problems that your parents had in their bad marriage. Or you have big expectations for friendships or for dating. I mean, you expect them to answer your texts within seconds, no matter where they are or what they're doing or who they're with. Or you expect them to include you on every family event, and you have these high expectations. And many times the problem in relationship is we have developed really unrealistic expectations, expectations that are almost impossible for someone else to reach. And when they begin to understand our expectations, they're scared off because they know that they will never measure up. Or we're expecting to be hurt. We're expecting to be mistreated. And we keep waiting for that. We keep looking for that. And those in relationships with us begin to understand our negative expectations and they become offended that we would ever think that they would stoop that low, that we would ever treat them that way. And either way, our faulty expectations cause people to avoid us or to abandon us or to push away from us. So spending some time figuring out what normal relationship expectations look like can help us. We need to talk to people who are in healthy relationships and hear from many of them what real relationships are like and what we really can expect. And when we know the truth, there will be freedom in that. There, there will be freedom in that. One of the hardest steps is examining where you really are examining where you really are, telling yourself the truth about your bad relationship patterns is the hardest, but it's also the most freeing. You see, the hard truth is this. When a bad relationship fits a pattern that I have repeated in my life, I can't blame it on others. The truth of the problem is a result of my mistakes and my choices. My mistakes and my choices. I interviewed for a church years ago and they had never had a pastor stay in their church for more than six years. In fact, they had had about eight senior pastors in about 15 years. That's a lot of senior pastors. And in the interview, they kept explaining why uh, each one of these was a really bad pastor. They kept explaining uh, that it really wasn't their fault, that this guy was a bad pastor and he had this problem and he had done things that caused them to have to fire him or this guy was a bad pastor and he just quit and kind of took advantage of them and uh, chose to leave. And in the interview process, after they kept telling me about all the reasons why these pastors were bad, I finally said, can I ask a question? Who hired all these bad pastors? 
please tell me it wasn't you guys sitting in this room. Because whoever hired these pastors did a really bad job. One bad pastor is a mistake. Eight is a pattern. They hired me. And I was there for over 12 years, so either they broke the pattern or I was just more stubborn than the other bad pastors they had. Not sure which. But getting past your delusions means telling yourself the truth and understanding that where you find yourself today is most likely a result of your own poor choices and uh, the problem patterns in your life. So you start by getting past your delusion and telling yourself the truth. And doing this means you decide to trade dreams for reality. You trade dreams for reality, even if the reality of the situation is painful, and even if the truth is ugly and you'd rather not face it, moving out of your dream world into reality is a healthy thing to do because the truth will set you free. And you can begin to break bad relationship patterns when you focus on what you really have and who you really are rather than what you wish it was and what you want it to be. And maybe a verse to put on your bathroom mirror or on your home screen on your phone would be this one. It will help remind you to tell yourself the truth in all circumstances and relationships. Look at this from Ephesians chapter 4. Instead, we will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now, we spent some time there on that one because I really believe until you get past your delusions, you will never solve your relationship problems. The second one is important too. You need to get past your past. You need to get past your past. Now, your past could be good. I mean, it could be a really great past or your past could be really bad and really painful and either way, it could be holding you back today. I mean, if your past was really happy, I mean, you had a great family life growing up, and I mean, everybody got along, and there was never any yelling or loud voices, and everything was positive. You had a really great time growing up, or you had some really close friendships, some good friendships. If that was you, relationships today may not measure up to your past, and your happy past might actually be holding you back from having good relationships today. More often, the pain of your past is what's holding you back. I mean, you were in love once, and you really thought that that was it, that that was the lifetime relationship, and then you were hurt and so now you have up walls. You're protecting yourself. You're being careful now not to let anyone get that close to you ever again. Or your family of origin taught you some really unhealthy patterns and now you're repeating them in all of your relationships. Or your past is full of shame and guilt because of mistakes you made, sins you committed, and you're just so full of shame that now you're hiding and you're pretending and no one can get close to us when we're hiding and when we're pretending. 
So whether your past is full of great memories and good relationships or whether it's full of pain and heartache, breaking bad relationship patterns today means we need to move past our past. One of my favorite verses in scripture is found in Philippians chapter 3. Start with verse 13. Here's what it says. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go. But there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. So we forget the past and we strive and we reach forward to meet the goal. And yes, the ultimate goal is that life in heaven that God has promised us through Jesus. But also we have the goal of letting Jesus change us and help us to grow here before we get there. So basically getting past my past means that I decide to trade what was for what's possible. I trade what was for what's possible. And basically what I'm saying is we need to live in the now. We need to live in the present. And the problem with trying to do that is twofold. The first is many bad relationship patterns are based on living in the past. We begin to really believe that we're victims of our past. We think that because our parents expressed anger in unhealthy ways, we are destined to do the same thing for the rest of our lives. And so we have become an angry person. And it's created all sorts of problems for us in uh, past relationships and in our current relationships. But we really believe that there's just nothing that we can do about it because we are just trapped in that past. And when we believe that, that's living in the past of what was rather than looking at where I am today and figuring out what's possible. How can I overcome those bad habits that my parents taught me about anger and move into a more positive way of dealing with anger today? Or you might think, you know what, I married that person knowing that they had that problem and now I just have no choice but to live with it. And you think that instead of thinking, you know, it is possible for me to express in a loving way to my spouse that I'm hurting and that this isn't okay and to see if together we can look at what's possible so that we can overcome that hurt together and build a stronger relationship. And so many bad relationship patterns come from failing to live in the present and constantly living in the past. But sometimes, as I said earlier, the problem is failing to live in the present by trying to recreate the past, a past time when uh, we thought it was better and when uh, we felt better than we do today. And, you know, some have fallen in love with how things used to be. They have fallen in love with the good old days and they are constantly trying to go back. They're trying to go back and recreate them and it usually doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, we're disappointed or we double down and we try harder to make our relationship today just like it was back then. Now, in just a, month, a couple of months, Jill and I will be married 40 years and yeah, she's put up with a lot. You should uh, give her credit for that. 
But we've been married 40 years, and this might surprise you, but our romance today is not the same as it was 40 years ago when we were dating. It just isn't. Now, I know this doesn't sound very romantic, but I don't get the same butterflies in my stomach every time I see her now that I got 40 years ago when we were dating. Our love for each other, our relationship is different than it was back then. And if I was constantly trying to get back the same feelings and the same excitement at age 59 that I had when I was 19, it would be a very disappointing life. But here is what many of you also don't know. Because we're living in the present, I know I don't want to go back 40 years. I have no desire to go back there. Our relationship is better today. It's deeper today than it was when we first fell in love. I know her better and I love her better and she knows me better and loves me better than we did back then. Why would I leave a better relationship from today for some butterflies in my stomach from the past? Why would I do that? And many don't know that better is possible. Many of you just don't understand yet that better is possible and you don't know it's possible because you can't get past your past. So figure out how to move to a better relationship today so you can enjoy what's happening now rather than constantly living in the pain of the past or the pleasure of the past. Let's look at one more. If you're going to break bad relationship patterns, you need to get past your excuses. You need to get past your excuses. Benjamin Franklin said, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for any, anything else. Now, can I say gently that many who have talked to me about their relationship problems have been really good at making excuses. They've become really good at making excuses, excuses for why they can't make new friends and meet new healthy people and excuses for why they have to stay trapped in the unhealthy relationship patterns that they're in, excuses for why they can't do God's uh, relationships God's way and according to his plan and his purpose, excuses for why their problem is really someone else's fault and that they're an innocent victim of it. And this passage from Proverbs speaks to this. It's from Proverbs 22. Look at what it says. A lazy man is full of excuses. I can't go to work, he says. If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. Now, this is about a lazy person not wanting to go to work and making excuses. But the point was this. Meeting a lion on the street of Jerusalem was not a common thing. It just didn't happen very often in Solomon's day, and it doesn't happen often today. But what is being pointed out is the fact that many people who make excuses come up with all sorts of reasons why they can't do something, and their reasons sound so logical to them, but don't sound logical to others around them. And this is true today in many areas, but especially in our relationships. I, uh, in fact, I, I really expect that 
during this time while I've been speaking, some of you have been sitting right where you're sitting, cataloging your excuses for why you can't break your bad relationship patterns. You have it down pat. You're thinking, that won't work for me because, and you fill in the blank with something that sounds so logical to you, and you have told yourself that so many times that you actually believe it, and so you might need to go back to that first point about getting past your delusions. I mean, you have so many good reasons why you can't do something, and you have so many people in your life that you are blaming for that. In fact, some of you are feeling a little irritated with me right now, maybe downright mad at me right now, because you want to keep believing your excuses. But if you want healthy relationships, you have to get past your excuses. You have to get past your excuses, and you do that by deciding to trade blaming for becoming to trade blaming for becoming. You can really become something different than you are right now. And it really comes down to where you put your focus. So let me suggest a few areas where you can focus. And again, these aren't in your notes, so you may need to write them down. First, focus on my issues, not their issues. Focus on my issues, not their issues. Instead of focusing on what my spouse should do or what my friends need to do to fix themselves so that they can be better friends or a better spouse, I need to look at my issues. Where do I need to change rather than where do, uh, what do they need to do to change? What can I do rather than uh, what should they do? Second, focus on becoming the right person rather than finding the right person. Focus on becoming the right person rather than finding the right person. And this is especially important for people who are single, people who are dating or looking forward to marriage in the future. Too often, you are working hard to find the right person. And you have a list. You have put a list together of exactly what you want them to be like and sometimes what you want them to look like and you've listed qualities you want them to have and maybe even jobs that would be acceptable to you. What I'm suggesting is that you put together a different list. Put together a list of who you should become. What are the qualities you need to develop in your life? What are the problems that you need to work on who should you become? And by the way, that isn't just for single people. Married people, you can focus on who you should become also. Instead of telling your spouse how they should change, figure out who you should become. Lastly, focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can control. Have you figured out yet that when it comes to people that you're in relationship with, you don't have a lot of control over them? You know... That was true for my kids. I mean, I guess when they were little tiny babies, I had some control. That went away pretty quickly, you know, about the toddler time. But, um, but you know, my kids, I, I raised them. They're adults now. And we taught them certain things, certain values from our family. And we taught them certain things. And we tried to instill decision-making skills and wisdom. And, you know, they make choices sometimes that I would never make. Choices that I think, where in the world did they learn that? Because it wasn't from me, you know, and they make these choices. And honestly, some of them turn out better than I ever thought they would. Others turn out about the way that I expected. 
but I don't have a lot of control with my kids. You know what else? That's also true with my friends. I don't have a lot of control with them. You know, my friends, for smart people, sometimes they make really dumb choices and they don't seem to want to let me control them. That's true of my spouse too. And if you think I'm going to say more about that, you are crazy. So I don't have a lot of control. But do you know who I can control? Me. Do you realize that you have total control over yourself? And that isn't a bad thing. As a matter of fact, God wants you to control yourself. That is a skill that God wants you to emphasize in your life. It's called self-control. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the things that bubbles up inside of us and spills out when we're letting God's Spirit work in us. It's called self-control. And while people seem to be working on trying to control others, there doesn't seem to be many people who are working on controlling themselves. And this is an area where I am still growing. This is an area where I I need to focus more on because what I can control is me. You see, I completely control my choices, what I put up with and what I don't put up with. That's completely my choice. I am not helpless. I am not trapped unless I decide to be. Unless I make that choice, I completely control my responses in every situation. You see, No one makes me angry. I'm sure you've probably said that. I have too. You know, oh, you make me so angry. No, I make the choice to respond with anger. Even if it seems like they're purposely pushing buttons that have caused me to respond with anger in the past, I still control how I respond. I can completely control that. You know, I completely control whether I get better or whether I get bitter. I control whether I get better or whether I get bitter in my relationships. You see, holding on to hurt, refusing to forgive makes me bitter. But I can make the choice to let go of hurts and to forgive, and I can make the choice to get better. And hear me clearly, any time that I say that I don't have control over myself, that I don't have control over any of these things, it is usually an excuse. It's an excuse. And I said this next part two ways, couldn't decide between them, so let me give you both. An excuse is a little white lie we use to keep ourselves from doing what's right. An excuse is a little white lie that we use to keep ourselves from doing what's right. And then the other way I said it is this, excuses are lies we tell ourselves so it doesn't have to be our fault. Excuses are the lies we tell ourselves so it doesn't have to be our fault. So, the starting place, some things that you can do to begin breaking bad relationship patterns are this. First, you can get past your delusions. You can tell yourself the truth because the truth will set you free. Secondly, you can get past your past. You can live today. You can live in the present. And then you can get past your excuses and you can begin to take ownership and control your choices. And let me say that sometimes when we talk about relationships, 
it becomes discouraging to us because we're looking for that easy answer and sometimes we don't find that easy answer and so we leave messages like this and we just feel more discouraged. And can I tell you that it is possible for you to have better relationships. It's possible. There is hope. And I think that there is hope because God has promised we can have better relationships and he always keeps his promises. We have to do it his way and we need to learn to trust him and we need to learn to trust his way and his process, but it can be better. Your relationships can be better and there are some things that cannot change, but our bad relationship patterns can. Now you're wondering what can't change. Well, this scripture tells us from Hebrews chapter six, these two things cannot change. God cannot lie when he makes a promise, and he cannot lie when he makes an oath. These things encourage us who came to God for safety. They give us strength to hold on to the hope that we have been given. God cannot lie when he makes a promise, and he cannot lie when he makes an oath. So his promises are true, and that should encourage us because if you have trusted God, you have run to him for safety, and if you haven't yet, you need to run to him for safety because God's promises give us strength to hold on. They give us the hope that we need to go forward. So run to him for safety and don't lose hope because better is possible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this room, there are some who have given up hope. And so, Father, would you just begin to restore their hope? Give them just a little more hope right now. And Father, I pray that as a result of this message that some of us will just take the steps that we need to have better relationships. Father, help us to get past all of these areas. Help us to get past our delusions. Help us to get past the past. And Father, mostly help us get past our excuses. And Father, would you just help us to trust in you, to lean on you, to do things your way. And Father, most of all, would you help us in our relationship with you to draw close, to cling to you, to trust in you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.